0: in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Oh, I'm excited to share today's episode with you. Her name is Sydney Campos. I found her by listening to a, a podcast, and I just knew right away that she would be someone that I know you would be resonating with, and someone that I want to start the new year off with. You know, last week was my best of 2023. Now we're on number one of 2024, so I get excited because especially with what I already have in In the queue, you're going to be so excited about and our journey this year already, I feel is expansive. My word for the year is connection. The New Year's Eve, the girls and I and a few beautiful souls that I have connected with from this podcast and we all went to a neat, it was so perfect for New Year's Eve. It was called Cali. If you are interested in that, I can send you The link they also do zoom sessions, but it was a sound, it's a activation. And I brought the girls and it was so fun. And I feel like that kind of started my year off in a higher vibration. And that's kind of, I'm going to start on our Monday calls in the first Monday of the month. We're going to have people on to raise our vibration, people that have connected with me through this podcast that I just adore and have really, really understood the importance of that and where we are going on this planet. Oh my gosh, I have, <laughs> I get so excited for this new adventure, starting a new year. It's always fun to start fresh, right? And have these amazing visions, and that's what I have, and we did our vision boards and that was so fun and tomorrow, which would be the 10th of January, I will be having my live video, live Zoom videos with my vision board people. So if you still want to join that, you can connect with me and I will give you the link to join. We will have a call at at 12 o'clock Pacific and then another one at five. I wanted to have two options in case you wanted to set intentions in a group. I think it's so powerful when we do our vision boards here at home, the girls bring friends and I bring Clients that live close by and friends, and we do it together. And it's so powerful. And I want to teach that and I want to do it as a group. So uh, I thought that would be fun to do. So tomorrow on January 10th, 12 o'clock Pacific and five o'clock Pacific, would love to have you. And on another note, go to my website. You can get free things. You can get the vision board, my vision board, like how to, and then also the morning routine my little morning routine that I think is so powerful. So check it out, uncoveryourmagic.com or you can get it ashleygonner.com. They both go to the same place. I'm excited. And also I was doing my buy one, get one, raising confidence and magic path for parents and adults. So I'm still offering that because I start my first session um, the beginning of February, the first week of February. So you still have time, I will honor that. And besides that, My retreat is sold out, which is so exciting that that'll be on the 21st here in San Diego. Build it and they will come. And I put the intention out there a couple months ago and it all came together so quickly. And if that's any example to you is to when you set an intention, and I want to, I'm going to be talking a lot about that tomorrow night, tomorrow on our uh, vision board calls about the power of intention when you have clarity especially what i teach in my classes about clarity and intention and focus and getting into alignment all this all these amazing tools that i believe are so important it just keeps the momentum you keep moving forward and i the girls got new journals for christmas and you know we're starting fresh and it's just like a fresh start like i said earlier but make sure you connect with me about the classes and how i can help your kids and parents, if you need some tools, I'd love to connect with you. And again, thank you all for sharing. And I've met some beautiful people lately from you all listening and connecting with me. And it's just been a just a blessing. And I'm so grateful, so much to be grateful for this new year. So grateful. So let me explain to you why I feel that Sydney Campos needed to be the first interview of 2024. I'll read her bio and then kind of get to why I feel so strongly about what her message is and why I want you to hear it. Sydney Campos is a visionary energy expert, strategy and innovation advisor, transformational facilitator, and the best-selling author of The Empath Experience, What to Do When You Feel Everything. In 2018, and then I'm ascending now. What that is her recent book. She is the founder of Akashic facilitator training and lead instructor of the embodied ascension academy. Sydney is devoted to creating heaven on earth since 2012. She has guided visionaries worldwide to embody their true selves, powerfully live their purpose and pioneer the worlds we wish to existed. Whether advising conscious companies, mentoring le- leaders, training intuitive facilitators, or hosting life-changing retreats, Sydney illuminates bridges into new dimensions. Sydney is a sought-after expert in embodiment, conscious business, intuition, and leadership. She has been featured in Forbes, Mind Body Green, Refinery Twenty Nine, Bustle, PureWow, and New York Magazine. So. She is in her late thirties and what called me to her was her story, her, her childhood for sure, how she broke the beliefs in the, in the mold that her parents had raised her with and what she's doing with it and how she is changing the world and the people that are connected to her and the ones that she's just, she's gone in deep with her growth and it shows. And she is so fascinating and I know you'll get it. So without further ado, I want you to meet this beautiful soul, Sydney Campus. Welcome, Sydney.
1: Hi, Ashley. It's so great to be with you.
0: All the way from San Francisco. I'm just down in San Diego, so we're not that far.
1: Cool, a little bit warmer down there. Actually, I was just on a call with someone in Encinitas and they were telling oh. me how beautiful it is there today. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is beautiful. It's like I kind of sometimes feel funny having a Christmas tree up, and <laughs> you know, we're wearing tank tops. Gosh, Sydney, you know, I, I love having a podcast and I know you have one too, and I will talk about that, but I love this because I know that When I'm called to someone or someone calls, you know, like you called me listening to you on um, Next Level Soul. I listened to that podcast a lot. I thought, oh, I just, I'm going to reach out and I do it right away because I know that I'm in this, this momentum is I'm going. So then I hear from you and then we set it up and then a few weeks go by and I get ready. I have interviews in between. So I'm getting ready to prepare myself for your interview. I think, oh, (laughs) not only was she amazing and why I knew now why I wanted you to share you with my world, but there's something, there was something missing. I don't know how to explain it. You know, that there was something missing in me that I didn't think was missing until I started going down your rabbit hole. I guess that's the best way to explain it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, I just trust, I I do the same kind of discernment of like when I'm invited or or guided to connect with someone and just really, yeah, what's most important to me is authenticity and heart. And you can just, you can feel it. You just can feel it immediately. So you felt some resonance when I was on that other thing. And what you're speaking to is so powerful. It's so important for me to give, you know, to articulate the unseen and the unspoken ways in which we Impact one another. I really appreciate that reflection. Oh, so beautiful. And the word authentic, love, pure service,
0: everything about you is so pure. And (laughs) it comes from a why are you laughing? (laughs)
1: Because it's so true. Oh, that's such a sweet reflection.
0: (laughs) I know you're hilarious. I mean it. You are. Because it's just this sweet little soul that I found. And you're just this pure light that wants to share your wisdom, what why you're here, your purpose, your passion. But I really want to start because I love I have two children, teenagers. So I'm at the end of their childhood. We all have our childhoods and you talk about that a lot in a kind of I feel like I know that we believe this like we pick our parents. We're soul families. We are here on this earth to grow and learn and expand. And we pick certain parents to do that for us. And I did the same and My kids picked me and I'm wondering what they're (laughs) what they're going to find from their uh, journey as they leave my little nest here. But will you explain to so we can start there just kind of how you were raised? Because I feel like when I hear your story, I get where you started. And at the time, it didn't seem beautiful in these gifts. But now when you're looking back at it you're looking at it like, wow, I had to go through that. I had to pick that mother or that father to get me to where I am here now and my purpose and feeling so passionate about helping people understand Mm -hmm.
1: that. I mean, to be honest with you, it's also like, I'm so in the present moment of what my life is challenging me. And in terms of my growth, it's like, oh yeah, my childhood, like it's not such a big deal anymore, but it's something that I, it's an important frame of reference. I just was hanging out with my parents yesterday. We went to go see the Taylor Swift era's concert movie. Oh (laughs) yeah, we did that. Yeah. It was so much fun. And then we went out to dinner and we have this relationship now where we can just kind of hang out and I can relate to them as these really cool people who have known me my whole life. And that's so special and so comfortable to have that. And I don't expect them to be anyone else. You know, I don't them to be what I wish I had had growing up or something, and that shift I just described has only been uh, in my reality the last couple of years. so it's been a long journey of forgiveness and releasing guilt and resentment and a lot a lot of layers of healing to be able to relate in this way now. Which is has a lot more freedom and spaciousness and just love and space for presence and authenticity too. Like I can really be myself and just relating to them, I can actually feel that I have more support now for anything I choose to create in this hmm. path. So actually what's been happening more in my present reality has really been fascinating. And to take it back, I guess to answer your question, you know, yeah, it was really hard for a long time, really traumatic and really um overwhelming and excruciating so painful and I just wanted to shut off my feelings because I felt so much I'm so sensitive and I had no resource really I had no ability to even explain what I was going through as a teenager I was having like panic attacks and so upset and didn't know what I needed and didn't know what was wrong but just felt like everything was wrong and Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the moment I found alcohol, I was just so relieved. It was the best, you know, best feeling to just shut everything off and shut everything down. And at 14, right?
0: That was when you started. Yeah, because I youngest just turned 15. So when I was listening to that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't mm-hmm. imagine this little tiny soul, you know, finding alcohol at that age.
1: I can't either. It's weird being back in San Francisco. I grew up here and I walk around the city and I have so many memories of going to bars and clubs and just partying. And I was so young. And I look at 14 year olds. I was just with one of my best friends up in Northern California and she has two daughters who so I've known since they were like little bread loaf sizes. Aww. And they're 10 and six. And the 10 year old is already like a preteen, you know. And I'm some connecting with that aspect of myself through her mm-hmm. and just amazed at how. But I thought I was 25, you know. When I was 14, I was like, no one can tell me what to do, and I, I was just, I thought I was such an adult, and I was tall, so I could like pass for my, you know, with my fake ID. And
0: <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: But yeah, the the trauma and the the piece of the, you know, all the different layers of the complexities that came with my family. I like to call it an advanced training program. That's what it feels yeah, I like. I love that. You know, it's just, wow, an advanced initiation. And some of us really choose that to come into this life. I I know to remember, to remember sooner. It's like the uh, catalyst of the awakening needed to get on track with your mission. So you went through
0: drinking and drugs and all that up until you came to a place, I want to say 2012.
1: Yeah, 2011. Yeah. Okay.
0: So a little over 10 years ago. I felt like when you met the healer, you were in New York.
1: Yeah, I was. Um, I've reached a total rock bottom. I had, had many rock bottoms. I tried to get sober when I was 17 because I was already, you know, blacking out alcoholically and getting into fights and getting arrested. And it was really bad, dangerous. You? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would wow. get, out, get into fistfights and steal oh stuff. Oh, my gosh. And, arrested and nearly fall off cliffs. I've had many near death. Not in the way you think of now, like near death experiences that are conscious. You know, it was just like I wanted to die, and I would yeah. try to, and I would be, I would have, an like probably in in hindsight, like angelic interception with I should have fallen off the cliff, but somehow my sweatshirt that was had been open suddenly was zipped, and someone was able to pull the sweatshirt back so that I didn't fall off of like hundred. Wow. 100- life into the ocean just a lot of things like that quite often falling into traffic people drunk driving me drunk driving across town like just really crazy stories and doesn't compute so I just wasn't allowed to to leave basically and yeah I'm 24 years old I moved to New York City which is a dream of mine and I just hit a very intense rock bottom around a lot of things. Financial scarcity was one of them, which really isn't has nothing to do with money. It was more about my inability to feel supported by myself, by life. Paralyzing anxiety didn't help that I was doing a ton of cocaine and drinking and blacking out and just had psychosis. I was paranoid that people were following me and I was hallucinating things and I was oh, and I was stripping, escorting, just getting into really dangerous. Hmm situations where I had no regard for my life but was willing to like do something for a couple hundred dollars or something like that as wow. temporary relief and just yeah I reached a point where I had been trying for a few months I've gone to therapy and finally told the therapist the truth of what I was doing and that was enough for her to she was shocked it was the first time I told someone the truth hmm. and her look on her face was a complete shock and something about that penetrated my delusion. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute. This is dangerous what I'm doing. I'm this is not how I want to live. This is not, you know, this is not good. So they're like little seeds. And then the last, the last one of all wasn't really that dramatic of all of the things. You know, it was like waking up with someone I never I didn't know how I got there. I didn't know who the person was. I was really hungover, felt terrible, but I had this alarm go off on a uh, my phone that was reminding me to go to a meeting of um, a family friend and her niece to go talk about college because somehow I was also an example of success in education and I had this total double life and yeah and I just something about that being in that physical environment a mess and just feeling terrible but then having this invitation to go meet family friends and be an example of something that I did care about to help someone else I was like that's more of what I really want that's more of why I really want to be alive. So Mm -hmm. something about that was enough to, you know, I didn't drink that day. And then I went to a recovery meeting a couple of days later and I just started to get help. But you went to a healer, you went to a Reiki healer. Wasn't
0: there something there that made you realize like, oh my gosh, there's something about this energetic (laughs) healing
1: was later on. Yeah, it started okay. to put the drugs and the alcohol down. So I got really into recovery and I got sober and I started to take care of myself and meditate and do the 12 steps. And that really helped me. And I cried for about two years. Wow. <laughs> I started to get better and I started to heal my nervous system, which, you know, I needed to get off drugs and alcohol to even start thinking right. about it. What about relationships? Were you in relationships during that time? I was, I had to be alone. Maybe at the beginning I had some little like acting out and stuff, but no, I was not available for relationships. It was so, no, I had to like, I think I was single for like three or four years. And that was really important for me to finally be in relationship with myself. I had to learn how to be with myself. I remember even having to learn had to make time for myself on my calendar. I had been living my life so externally oriented to what other people wanted from me and where what I couldn't be alone. I hated myself in meditating at first. I couldn't even sit still because I would just be criticizing. And so about a year and a half into my sobriety, I I felt so much better. I realized also birth control was a major problem for me that that had cut me my intuition. And that came up eventually in my sobriety. I was like, still feel really disconnected. Like what's going on? I feel something is off. And then I got the intuitive hit to get off of the birth control. And that was an additional detox. And I'm just saying for my body, that was really, you know, I have a curiosity about whether or not that was actually part of the problem. I also had when I was 14, because that was around when I got put on birth control when I was 14 years old, when I had my first moon cycle. And that was a major, you know, I was disconnected from myself, disconnected right. My essence. I'm a, a super intuitive being, and I was basically disconnected from myself for that entire period. Therefore, alcohol and drugs was also a great way to seek connection and seek that you know more of that connection to my true intuitive self and connection to spirit. So these are all just curiosities I have, and and then I started to feel better, but then I still felt like this after the birth control, everything detoxed. You know, I did a deep assisted cleanse with the holistic chiropractor. And something still fell off. I felt really anxious. I felt really stressed. I felt very confused. Like my life has never been better, but why do I feel this way? And two different people sent me to a Reiki healer named Rebecca in Brooklyn. And I just went to go check it out. I can't hurt. I need help. Someone has got to know what's going on here. And she gave me my first Reiki session. She told me the word empath. And I finally had a word to describe how I had felt my entire life that I was absorbing the energy of everybody and everything around me. And no wonder I felt so overwhelmed being in New York city and just sponging everything. And after that session, I felt so clear. I felt emptied out. I felt connected to myself, my feelings. And it just, it was a huge awakening and I started working with her as a life coach. And the, and she really deeply supported me at the beginning of my journey.
0: Wow. Before I forget, you just cut your hair because you went to the retreat. I was listening to <laughs> something. I keep meaning to tell you because you're playing with it, right? Yeah. Wasn't that like in a ceremony
1: or what? Did you do something as an? In- yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, I just hosted a retreat in Bali last month. And so to get ready for the retreat, I do a lot of ceremony and I get, you know, different initiations of the temples i take people to and so i went to a temple i love to go to an ubud called Sabatu, and i was guided to cut my hair to just start a new energetic cycle and so i've been it's just really short and i'm learning still how to be with it but it, it feels energetically so good Ah, uh, good because i was i'm, I'm watching you because i had just i just was had this
0: like Flash of you saying that in an interview I was listening to about mm-hmm. you just cutting your hair. And then when I get on with you, because I've been watching you with long hair, <laughs> I go, Oh, that's right. She just cut it. And I can see like you're still getting used to it.
1: Yeah, that's it funny. feels funny. I actually went to the barber shop in, in Bali where they're I kind of like to do a little shock and awe, where I went into the barber shop where it's all guys there, and they're like, What are you doing here? And I'm like, I want, you know, I show them a picture, like, I want, I want it like this. And they're like, oh, can we video, can we film you? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, I want to go
0: into, so you've written books. The latest one is Awaken, Now What? And I think just that word, that's title is so fitting. And what is what drives me to that is where we're at in this world right now. Like people are awakening. I'm drawn to people like you for awakening. You know, there's more people like you that... I mean, I think of the Akashic records. I want to, ex- I want you to explain that and how when you get your Akashic records, when I got mine read and I'm starting to see certain things in my, I've only done it one time. It opens your eyes to life that you're living right now mm-hmm. and why you have the certain draw to certain things. Cause you, you certify people in Akashic records.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, also I want to, I hate to correct you, but my book title is called I'm Ascending Now What? What so did I say? Well, you said something else. So beautiful. Oh my gosh. How funny. Oh
0: I'm ascending
1: now. <laughs> I'm ascending now. What? I'm awakened. Thank like you for correcting too.
0: me. I'm ascending. We're ascending. I'm awakening. We're ascending. I'm ascending. Okay, now I'm what? Your language. Same
1: thing. Yeah. But just in case people are like, where's that book? Where's that book? <laughs> anyway. Maybe you're supposed to write that book. I found the Akashic Records in 2015, or it found me. I was doing side hustle, energy healing. Like I worked with the energy healer and then I became one. I started helping people. That was actually how my first book, The Empath Experience, came to be. It was basically, you know, I was helping all these empaths in New York and doing energy healing with them. And they were having life-changing results from the protocols I was giving them, which were basically just the things I found that helped me to live. I take all of it for granted, you know, but the thing it's like the things we do to live and feel good. It's, we t- can take them for granted. They could save someone's life. So I, you know, intuitively was like guided. Okay. I need to put this into some kind of an article, which I did. i reached so many people Then another article helped so many people. Yeah. I think I have a little bit more to say about this. Let me make a little ebook. And then I started the ebook and then I had an editor reach out to me offering me a book deal, which doesn't really happen. And, So it was just a fun reminder of meeting the universe halfway, especially if you have service. You're here to help. You're here to help. We're all here to help with unique medicine. And we don't know. We don't know who we're supposed to help or how it's supposed to get out there, but we follow the next right step. Like, I need to get this message out, this medicine out, this story out. And the support to get it out there will show up. And kind of the same with the second one. And then so I was doing this side hustle healing on the weekends, and I was working full time in an advertising agency in New York and I, on the, the healing center newsletter that I was working at, I saw this like, you know, weekend intensive for the Akashic records. And I, I had never heard of this term, but I also felt this kind of creepy familiarity. Like it just felt so familiar to me. Mm-hmm. I barely even read the description. I just signed up for it. I'm like I have to do that. It's one weekend upstate in New York. Why not? And I went. And I had the most profound remembrance of other lifetimes where I had taught this work and I had been an advisor and I had been using this technology for many lifetimes in other dimensions, not just on Earth. And I felt like a part of me came into my body. It was a soul retrieval, whatever you want to call it. I just, I felt like a part of me was at home, came home, came in. And then I also felt this immense grief simultaneously that oh this this part of me that's existed this whole time wasn't here this entire life you know there's some mourning and it was really it's a very profound experience and then we were giving practice sessions and doing attunements and I just had immediate recall and I was just giving readings and you know my clairvoyance was just right online and it was so much fun and then I just started giving readings as much as I could and that's where it all began and then in around 2016 even like soon after 2017 maybe people started coming to me without even me advertising or saying anything people I was just giving readings and working you know working with mentorship clients always with that support and then very soon after like I think 2017 maybe 2016 people started coming to me asking if I could train them one-on-one you know without even like I'd have is this something I can do? Am I qualified for this? But people were just coming and I had you know, maybe like 10 students without even, again, putting any word out about it. And I was developing a program, a training program, and it wasn't just about the Akashic Records. It was much more than that. It was really kind of an update to the system, which on this planet has been a bit antiquated in terms of its dimensional range. And in the last couple of years, probably since 2015, I've been templating a different system and i think it will have a different name eventually i'm supposed to write a book about it mm-hmm. and that's what been, that's what we've been practicing so in 2020 i started the akashic facilitator training i've graduated 70 more than that actually now 70 practitioners through that program and it's such a joy it's such a it's so much fun it's total soul family reunion it's such a diverse group of people every time and i know that this is the medicine that can really help heal the planet and it's it's through It's really the premise of the whole program is to help people embody their true selves. And then from there, launch their own unique energetic signature of their modality, of their healing, not just Akashic records. I use that as like the launch pad, Mm because it's a fun technique to just, you know, learn kind of the basics and then learn how to actually refine what is your unique style of energetic healing and intuitive guidance. And it will be different for every single person. Right. Will you explain the Akashic field? In your words and how
0: about me for a second? I in 2020 started this podcast because something said start a podcast, right? I have raised my girls intentionally with all the personal development. I had them. You're at 37 and 40, right? So older, and I had put out a few of my first episodes, and I had these parents asking if I could help their kid because we had been going through. We're all quarantined, right? And so of course I'm drawn to children. I love to help children. Right. And I loved raising my children. I so deeply knew, you know, zero to seven, like, what am I doing Ash, You know, we're telling Richard, like we're programming these little computers. Like, you know, like let's, I just was very aware. Right. I, I was an aware parent. So anyway, long story short, when I'm listening to you and how you do this business and pull pull this out of people through, understanding their Akashic records and all that but what I have done in my and when I've done my Akashic records all I'm doing is helping children I'm in these schools I'm a teacher I'm you know there's a line out the door or I've been ridiculed by teaching things to children and the parents don't really like it (laughs) you know I've had so all that comes but is that my would how would you explain that to me if I was going to come to you and I would say you know I've done this Sydney and yeah you're probably tell me
1: (laughs) yeah I could totally see all that by the way yeah my understanding what do I want to share right now it's most useful literally just ask what is most important to say right now for this group in this moment the Akashic field is also is the known field and it is a dimension of information that contains all of the history of all of our souls, all souls beyond all timelines, spaces, and dimensions. And in this dimension, we have access to the history of your unique soul's blueprint, which entails its unique gifts, its different lessons that it's chosen to come back to learn in this life and other lifetimes usually repeat lessons and really these lessons are to lead you into mastery so each soul has a master gift and something that you have been working on Mm -hmm. probably for many lifetimes that you're here to actualize that you're here to actualize through a contribution you know we're here in service Many of us are here in service. Many of us are here also learning. Learning is a part of service. Learning is a part of how we come into understanding of our gifts. And so a bit of an update though, to the old system, which is taught and a lot of the, that's why I got to write a new book to kind of give some updates on what I've been seeing and how I've been practicing. Because some of the old system would say you're locked in to your soul's history. And it's a little bit heavy, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. contracts and there's, different characteristics you're kind of locked into and have to transmit. There's just a lot of heaviness. Whereas actually we're so much more multidimensional than we give ourselves credit for. And we can be far more malleable and flexible and adaptable than ever before because of, you know, how energy is now moving through the planet and through our bodies and how embodied and resourced, uh, resourceful we now are. Things have changed. So we're not as beholden to our karma, as we might have been in other times on this planet. And we can actually really reinvent ourselves and we can try new things that are maybe more experimental or in different directions. And we can quantum leap in different dimensions of our purpose and different dimensions of our authentic expression. Yeah, regarding your what you shared briefly i saw that immediately too that the school even this podcast that you're creating it's like this is a an iteration of that it's a school it's a training platform it's a a way of initiating and supporting like the dissemination of information of hidden or maybe yeah information for a long time was that was dangerous to share because on um, you know it's dangerous even we see in our society for people to be too empowered mhm dangerous to the status quo it's dangerous to the norms and then of course we want to focus on empowering children especially the children coming into this planet now they're such advanced beings they're so advanced and that this might actually be very triggering for many parents at this time to have children that they can't they feel inept to support right inept to be able to support them in the old way they can't, they cannot support them in the old conditioned ways of discipline, of control over, this is not going to work with these sovereign souls. They're so advanced and they really operate in a very different structure, different ethics, I would say. And they're very freedom oriented and mm-hmm. they require a lot. What they're asking the adults to to do is to evolve into more of their own freedom and sovereignty so that they too can be more curious and inquisitive, and expansive, and playful. This is the energy that these new beings are are requiring. So, how do you look at
0: life? Our souls coming into this earth at this moment, at this time. The souls, the children that you're just speaking of, and my children are teenagers. But I know their vibration is so much higher than when we were brought into this onto this planet. But we all chose to come to Earth. With this fraction of our soul to come into this body we chose this to bring this planet to a higher dimension or how do you look at it that way how do you look at it
1: it's different for every single being the specifics of why generally what i've been shown and i've done thousands of sessions with people what i've always it's so sweet when we look back beyond the the human personality and all the stories we have here and density in the body and family history and conditioning. it's the soul wanted to come and have a experience these energetic, infinite beings that we are, you know, floating around in these other dimensions or in other planets where it's really very different. and there's different laws of. Gravity and matter or no matter and no mind. Earth is a hard place. Literally, mm-hmm. like it's dense and it's hard and it's hard. And it's it's one of my guides is is making a joke. And it's 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 a lot to come to a planet where there's so much emotion. There's such a spectrum of emotional content to sort through and mental conditioning to sort through. We we don't have this other in other places through a body we don't have to navigate so much data through feeling and it's a lot it's a lot to be embodied and even in the last couple of generations it wasn't in my lifetime i've seen such a shift in what is possible in embodiment like it's such a transitional time that we're alive in right now mm-hmm. it was not possible to embody at the level that we are now because of again the frequencies on the planet being such that the the higher dimensional beings that we are can actually come into the body, into more physicality, can actually like really ground here, exist here. So we're doing a lot of things for the first time. And I don't believe that my soul knew that this was going to be part of the game. You know, I don't think I was like up there. I love that movie Soul. It's such a it's a kids movie. Yeah, I do too. I remember seeing that when it came out and I was like, this is such this is epic. Like mm-hmm. everyone be that because that is right on and i love the energy of, of that that film conveys it's like oh yeah these sweet innocent beings that we all are these divine beings and i wanted to come in to have an experience that was going to be unlike anything else possible elsewhere just for fun just i mean i think for my soul it's like i'm here to have fun i wanted to come in and have fun and sent like have the sensory immersion That's only possible through a body in this density, you know, to have the conscious experience of awakening into embodiment of awakening through the body, not disassociating ascending out of the body into some other realm, no, to be here, to be present and then connect, connect and create to create something new to just for the fun of it, for the experience of it. No pressure, no stress, no saving the world, you know, all of that I think was some deep conditioning along Mm -hmm. the way. That also gets to be let go of at a at a certain point, but it feels like everyone's journey is really unique. you know, I think some people have recall of coming in. I will say this, this is what's what I'm hearing. And I think a lot of this is coming in because people listening to your frequency, of the show. it's like you are here to help. You have been here before. You are old, you're an old soul many of us are old souls. It's actually not a lot of us on the planet comparatively. Like there's some very old beings here on the planet. We must find each other as we're here to help. And it can feel very heavy at times because we have had training and we've then built the capacity to process a lot of energy on this planet to make it a little bit easier for other people. We do this, of course, so that we learn. We do it not to save anybody or disempower anyone from having their own experience, but we were here to help. And we did it also to build our own capacity and see how strong and resilient and powerful we are. And to also learn that we can't be doing this alone. We must find each other and be in community and be supporting each other. That it really does. The shift that we came here to enact and to experience is requiring a team effort and it is requiring unity and more collaboration.
0: Yeah, my word for 2024 is connection. And I think one of your things is you wanted to do more retreats, like you're more like in person. It's like, you know, connecting and, you know, we've missed out in the last few years of that connection. And I, and I know when you connect to a soul that you resonate with and that just raises your vibration and raises your, your knowing of why you're here and opens up this beautiful, like it's a mirror almost of you're looking at yourself. And I, when I see life in that way, and I look at you and I look at having this podcast and it is part of my teaching journey that fulfills my soul. When you look back and you see your life and how, you know, from the little breadcrumbs that you picked and why you did certain things and our stories. Right. And that's also perfect. You know, we're all, in we came here to, because it's, and you always, you call it a game. I call it a game too. I, the Game of Life and How You how you Play It by Florence shin that used to be my favorite book.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: really feel like when you look at life as a game, and I love how you talk, I want to, you to talk about abundance and prosperity and money because I love your take on that. But when you look at life as a game and you're here to serve and you're here to love and you're it takes so much of the pressure and the the mm-hmm. seriousness out of it and to realize to have fun because mm-hmm. game isn't coming here to play a game is to have fun. And when you are having fun, that's when you raise the vibration of everyone around you, you know, and you lift. I mean, in this family that I live in. <laughs> it's a high vibe family and it's intentional. I've taught these girls, they wouldn't know what to do if I wasn't in a high vibe. They'd be like, what's wrong with you, mom? <laughs> but will you explain kind of how, you know, I feel like the way you explain life now and you're your like late thirties. I just turned 36. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, think of that. You're so young. You're nine year, right? That's <laughs> amazing. Will you just explain life, like how you look at it and because you do kind of look at it as a game. I, I also would love to talk about how you see the. I want you to talk about that, add that to the the mm-hmm. answer about prosperity and abundance and how
1: wow. that gets in the
0: way. <laughs> how people let it get in the way.
1: I can only share what's really alive for me right now. And I'm in a challenging moment, actually, in my growth. And that's okay. It's challenging. I, I'm actually re negotiating the way that i approach life that's what it feels like it feels like a very deep reorientation and it's i was just before this uh with you on a call with someone who was on my retreat with me in bali and we were integrating a bit about how you know we we achieved such a high state of presence and you know the premise of the retreat was to embody heaven on earth and we did we embodied what it feels like to be in heaven On earth as ourselves. And it was just ecstatic. It Mm. was like pure bliss and but in a grounded, real way. And you know, it was so phenomenal. And then I feel like I could cry because I'm just I feel my heart just exploded. I felt such a deepening in my capacity for love Mm. and to be touched by life, to be touched by the beauty of this reality. And I remembered more deeply why I'm here, why I'm alive. And it's the words really don't do justice. The feeling, it was just so profound. And then coming back into, you know, we come out of the retreat field and we are back in reality. And, and, you know, I'm pretty protected in terms of the, the circles that I keep and I associate with really beautiful beings and beautiful energies And still, you know, back in reality. And there's also the contrast of like all the other fields of existence. And I also was aware that I needed to come. I wanted to come back to San Francisco and do some repair with my biological family. Hmm. So I'm integrating in the contrast of that, like a very, a deeper, more real, more profound attunement to the sacredness of life. And what true abundance actually is. I mean, the Balinese, I've lived there. I've been going there for years. I've been taking retreats there for years. And this time I was just blown away. I like, I felt like I was there for the first time in a way. And I think this is what happens as we embody more, as we come more into ourselves, as we become more present, as we're more here, as our soul's more here. It feels like living for the first time, even if we've been to a place a billion times. So I. It was all new. And I was so touched by the Balinese people. They, these people live in ceremony constantly, and they're modernized, and there's capitalism, and there's, you know, there's all that. And underneath all of it is the fabric of devotion to God, hmm. ceremony, prayer, procession, and then some very strong values around family and community. And I feel like they're enlightened beings. I was just learning so much from. Being there and it it touched this part of me that you know had already been living in devotion. I thought at at for years, you know, like I'm I'm here in devotion. I'm a teacher. I'm in service. But what's reorienting now is like and deepening in that, like a shedding of. And this happens. This is healthy. This is a part of ascension. This is a part of embodiment. You know, we go in cycles. It's an upward spiral. There's no end and there's no perfection. It's all perfect. It's all perfect, even in the mess. Right. And how can we accept and love ourselves even when it's messy and unclear and awkward and weird and there's shame and there's guilt and there's old emotions and there's I don't know myself and what I'm here to do. And I'm in this interview and this person's relating to me as this best-selling author and this retreat host and this healer. And I'm on the inside, like, I'm not sure what I'm actually here for right now because whatever I do next... I need it to come from a different place. I need it to come from pure devotion without any agenda, trying to convince anybody of even trying to teach anybody anything, of trying to sell anything, of trying to get anything from you. These Mm -hmm. are energies that I, you know, most people are probably not tracking, but I am so subtly aware of them operating in my consciousness. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know if I can clean it all out and then take action. You know, I don't know, but I'm, this is the curiosity that I'm in. I'm just, I'm trying to really be so loving and kind and compassionate because it's really tender. It's like, there's a different level of relating to reality that I'm exploring. And I just want to share that because it sometimes can be a lot to just live and embody and choose to really be here. It's, it can be depressing. It can be scary. It can be really emotional. It can be overwhelming. And to really question reality, which is also very healthy, you know, but to have the capacity to do that is can be very confronting. And I think a lot of us actually are going through that, especially teachers and people that are really leading in integrity. It's, it's okay to fall apart a little bit sometimes. And, and to share about it more openly as well, I think is really healing. Right. You were saying, and something I was
0: listening to that you feel like the, like you were saying it just now, like you feel like you're a new soul living in this body, like Is that what you mean? But like, you feel like a new soul came into it.
1: I kind of feel like that constantly, but I had a specific experience and it's hard to even recall now. I feel it a lot being back in San Francisco because there's a lot of memory. I grew up here. I've been coming here for years. My family's here, but there's a lot that I don't remember. You know, my body has a faint memory, but there's certain things I just completely do not remember, which is evidence to me that I, you know, this consciousness talking to you was not here. So three years ago, I had a a walk-in experience where just another a bigger part of my soul came in to embodiment, came online, and more abilities and awareness and capacity came with that. And now it feels like that happens occasionally. That happened in Bali. I feel too. We we set a we set up a field in our retreat for that to happen for everybody in our field. We let more of ourselves come in and. (laughs) And there's an integration, you know, it's not just like a one and done. Oh, I have more of my soul and this more radiant luminous being, you know, it's like sometimes the soul will come in and then in that illumination process, there's going to be more awareness of density, of things that were formerly unconscious, of old memories and things that layers of personality, survival, fear, repression, whatever it is that it needs to get detoxed and cleaned out in order for this new light, this frequency mm. stabilize. And that's a bit of what I'm experiencing right now.
0: And what does that feel like when you when you say that three years ago, you had to walk, you're, you could feel your more of your soul came into your body. How do you know that?
1: Oh, well, I felt like I was dying. So I actually had what per, was, I never got tested, but I it felt like I had COVID. And for the first time, and it was really, visceral but then psychically I was guided that you know I'm getting I'm going through a process of a different energy coming into my body and that whatever physical thing is happening is the detox of ancient cellular memory trauma control different survival structures are being purged out and I mean for five days I had 101 to 103 fever couldn't eat Hmm. and I was terrified I had to face my mortality and so it did feel like this old aspect died and that even maybe part of my old body structure did die and then it meant a lot of integration since then like the, the months to follow that and yeah and then kind of the crystallization of the awareness I just shared probably a year later looking back like okay yeah that makes sense that's that's what happened and more awareness from my guides and teams you know helping me peace reality back together and this is something to get accustomed to you know the rate of acceleration of frequency on this planet is again unlike anything we've ever seen and we've never been through it like this before so i wonder if this will become more the norm for you know just more accelerated soul integration and more Yeah, more people having these walk-ins or just, you know, retrievals even. And I think this is more accessible than ever. You know, if you consciously feel like I want to retrieve more of my soul, I want to feel more present in my body. I want to feel more of my multidimensional abilities and capacity to use those abilities for healing and insight and fun and creation. There's never been a better time to explore how that could unfold for you. Wow. Back
0: when you were writing your first book, when did you really start listening and channeling and knowing you had that you were listening, you could hear your guide speaking? When did that gift come? Or when did you become aware of it, I guess?
1: Probably 2015, when I did the Akashic Records training, was when it really crystallized. I think prior to then, I was meditating and doing energy healing, and I was aware of having a lot of guidance and a lot of clairvoyance. And I would occasionally tell people messages I felt from sessions and things like that, but I had a lot of fear of sharing openly what I was seeing. I had a lot of fear of of being open about that and saying mm-hmm. I'm a psychic or I'm an intuitive or I'm I might have said I'm an intuitive energy healer, but I, I shied away from saying that I could like translate or channel guidance or any of that. For some reason, probably from you know other lifetimes or I had been persecuted for that. Yeah.
0: But when you are helping people with their businesses, because I that was I'm drawn to that on when I was reading about you and listening, people come on and meet with you, you do the Akashic reading. So you kind of see where their soul where they are, right? <laughs> or what their soul is about and then you help guide them to build a business in alignment with their soul's path. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, right when I start working with someone in mentorship in that way, I get a I get a whole download about their not only their blueprint, their path, their purpose, their gifts, but also their leadership style the way that they're most attuned to creating with ease the kinds of people that they're meant to help. I mean it's like a whole business plan kind of downloads in a way, but it's leading with the energetics. And it's also leading with like, what is in the way of where you want to be? We have to look at what's in the way of you being at full capacity in service and your gifts and your contribution. So what are some of the leading edges that I'm going to help you navigate? What are some of the fears? And a big one tends to be people in repression of their intuitive gifts or are not sure of how to convey the value of what they do. Or it's like they have such incredible multidimensional perception and abilities, but they don't know how to articulate it in a tangible way that people can engage with. And so yeah, I'd love to, was are a lot of the, I mean, I've worked with so many different types of people, but I love to work with people that are, I guess, similar to me in that way, that are also wanting to bridge the dimensions of intuitive healing and energy work and, and business and practical, you know, there's nothing more practical than intuition.
0: <laughs> right. When you started building your website, let's say, go to that, were you just being led Cause there's so many neat programs. I mean, I read them, I read every single one, but are you just being, are you just letting your intuition lead you? How do you, what decided you to, cause I know you were in, um, you helped people start businesses that was like without like in New York.
1: Your career was in advertising and marketing and business consulting. Right. I shifted out of that into my own business, which is a coaching and consultancy just, you know, has been for seven years. I was a startup advisor and always in the marketing type of role, strategy role. And then people were just naturally coming to me, asking me for help starting their entrepreneurial ventures or even refining or scaling something they've already been working on or even corporate clients wanting to restructure, or just shift the way they relate to their business and, I love that. I love business, especially entrepreneurship as a vehicle for really navigating what is someone's authentic purpose, what is someone's authentic gifts, what is cuz it's going to bring up all your stuff. You know, if you right. choose to be an entrepreneur in this in this life, there's no better way to ma- like to really put under the magnifying glass. For sure. What are your traumas? What are your core wounds? What are your fears? What are your insecurities? And let's use your business, this creation vehicle as a means to work on this so that you can be in service, so that you can be in your power. So I love that process. And my website, it's funny, you should say, I'm actually having someone help me redesign it right now, because it's at the point now where, you know, I've had the business for seven years, actually longer than that, I've been consulting for nine years. And there's so much information on my site, there's a lot of layers of different identities and, and so many programs I've done so many programs and trainings and coaching offers and i've worked with hundreds of people and so i'm at this moment maybe part of my renegotiation of my service and the way that i want to show up and orient you know i want to have a just really clear concise website which is like an energetic representation of more of my internal like simplification and clarity so someone's helping me with that when i started I have the same website that I just started as a blog. Like before, oh you know, I had some agency job. I think I got fired or something. I was so unhappy in that job. I was like getting sick all the time. It was terrible, so stressful. I did, I got laid off. And then it was the best thing that ever happened because it kickstarted me into consulting. People were asking me for help without even advertising. And then I just made a website and made a WordPress blog because so I love to write. I'd always love to write. I started a newsletter and I started a blog and then I had my website, sydneycampbells.com. And then I just kept that, you know, I kept that, I kept writing for fun. I kept my newsletter, even when I transitioned to my next and final agency job, which I was hired as a consultant for. And then they hired me full time like a month in because I did such a good job. And I exited as part of the founding team and helped them do an acquisition and, and I had the same website. I just kept the same one, made a few tweaks, you know, put my coaching offerings on there. And so it's really been that same template. And I would say, it, yeah, it's been intuitively guided. But also something I'm curious about is, you know, with all the opportunities I've had over the years to make a really highly curated, designed, more intentional site, maybe. I've had some resistance to doing that for some reason until now.
0: Until you're about being in Bali. Something Maybe. ignited you?
1: Maybe, yeah. Whatever I'm reorienting to now, I'm, I want to feel more, I feel more clear in myself. And my curiosity now is how am I to translate this now? I feel like a new voice is emerging and much more concise, much more to the point. And that will show up in my creation. In your creation of your new book. The
0: shame. I feel like that word. You say that's like the, one of the biggest limiting belief. Or shame is one of those words that people carry so much. And you relate to that. Can you go yeah. on that?
1: Sure. My my new book, I'm Ascending Now, it is really about healing shame. Right. And shame is one of the most toxic emotional energies that we tend to trap deep down in the body. And is one of the biggest blocks to being ourselves and being in the frequency, being in the high frequency that we're here to be in. And it's something I'm very intimate with. So in my book, I talk about the different shades of shame and how to, feel, how to navigate it in the body, how to see if, how you identify with it, how to start to work with it and, and you know, move it through and let it go. And how shame is this really interesting thing that we actually all have in common. It's the universal wound that binds us all. And it's fascinating. I mean, for years, mm-hmm. so many retreats, events, clients, years later, it's every single time, the thing that you're most afraid of anybody knowing about you, the thing that you're most ashamed of, mm-hmm. or so terrified of telling anybody, that's always the thing that people relate to and can connect with you most about. <laughs> like oh, every so time. Right. <laughs> totally.
0: That is so, so true. It's
1: like paradox. It's like, how oh, this thing, I just I would die if anybody knew. And then once you unmask and free yourself and share it, it's like, oh my God, there's so much love and connection here now. People can really relate to me. People can feel me. Mm-hmm. I can actually connect with the people I love more. I can actually have more authentic, real relationships, the ones that I always wanted. Wow. <laughs> what a concept right? <laughs> huh. yeah. I, love, I love creating space in which that can happen in which people feel invited and safe to take off the mask and then take off another mask that they didn't even know they were wearing and then another one and then another one and the whole costume comes off and then a whole other layer of the costume comes off and then you can just be yourself and then we can really hang out and we can really have fun and we can really create something new together.
0: Because you shared so much with me at the beginning, I, that I'm sure we're hard to share years before that you would just keep inside and be, so how do you peel that onion with how do you just get someone to like open, I mean, to start peeling away? <laughs>
1: That'd be cool. If someone else could do it for me, that'd be great. Tell me where to sign up for that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but when you say that, like when we talk about shame, because when you said if you could yeah. share with, with the people, the one thing that you're most shameful about in your life, or the one thing that you wish you could go back and have a redo, that's the biggest connection point.
1: Mm-hmm. How do
0: you get people to get there?
1: Uh, yeah, there has to be a willingness usually for someone. i I'm, you know, I'm fascinated. I I, I really yeah. don't take rock bottoms anymore as much. But something about this human experience seems to require some kind of wake up call, where there's enough pain, or motivation to want to change. You right. know, love for it to be easier. So there's got to be a willingness. Like I want connection. I want more love. I want more intimacy. I want more power. I want more of a sense of purpose. I want more fulfillment. I want more money. I want more success, whatever it is. I guess we're still relating on the pain point to get to where you really want to be. But, you know, so there's a willingness, there's a desire, there's a motivation. And then from there, I mean, there's many ways in groups. I love to do this work in groups, you know, because we can just have so much more support and resource and There's a bunch of different games and kind of just practices I love to share to that end and authentic relating. And one of my favorite ways, honestly, is we did this in Bali, is I have everyone pair up. And you can do this right now with someone that you care about and that you love and trust in your life. If you're in a partnership, amazing to do in a relationship, so powerful with a good friend, you know, so powerful to deepen an intimacy and connection. You can say, Hey do you want to play this connection game with me? It's you know a couple minutes. I actually have this outlined in my book as well in one of the later chapters. And this is a game about authenticity and, and healing. And I'd like to be in deeper connection with you. And this is a fun way that we could explore that. Are you game? Do you want to try? Okay, cool. So then you just have a little timer. You can do like three minutes to start. And it's good when you're sitting across from each other, take some deep breaths together. Kind of even meditate together. You can make this as long as you want. You can meditate for a long time. Do some breath work. Start to eye gaze. Come into connection. Connecting beyond the personality. Beyond the stories. Just being in presence with someone's divinity. And then there will be one person that shares first. And you can share something to the effect of answering the prompt. Being with you, I feel. And then just say what naturally comes, being with you, I feel. And then you're noticing what's happening in your body. What do you feel when you're in the presence with this other person? What are you noticing? Oftentimes, if you're really being honest, there will be discomfort or insecurity or all kinds of things come up. This is a way that we start to get into the shame we don't just go right in like what's the most terrible thing you've ever done that you're so ashamed yeah. <laughs> a little bit more subtle and attuned. but this is how we create the conditions for that depth and intimacy and and safety to become a foundation and then you know do that for a few minutes and the other person goes being with you i feel the other person's just listening receiving breathing So already that's going to shift a ton in the nervous system. There's opening, hearts open. It's profound. Just a couple minutes of this, Mm -hmm. such a big shift. And if you want to go a little bit deeper, the next thing you could say is something I'm afraid for anybody to know about me is, that's going pretty deep. That's like the band-aid ripping off a little bit. You can go as deep as you want though. You know, something I'm afraid for anybody to know about me is, Kind of what I just told you, like I'm renegotiating my whole career and service and how I want to show up and really looking at it in a different way. And it's it's scary. And whatever else comes, anything, and it's just offloading, it's unburdening, unmasking. And usually a lot of emotion will be released because you have someone there witnessing you that's just listening. They don't have an agenda to say anything. They just receive it. And I facilitate this way more in depth, but I just wanted to give a little taste. Yeah, I love that. You can do this right now. You can do this today. You don't have to be an expert facilitator. I mean, we're all human. And, you know, if you do want to study that kind of facilitation modality deeper, it's called authentic relating or embodied facilitation. And then this is something I've been teaching and practicing for a long time. And it's really just one of the best tools. So
0: doing that, because you have done that, you have shared and gotten rid of your shame. Is it you understand?
1: Not it. Maybe not all of it. Well, <laughs> Yeah, certain things, like you said, you know, some of the things I said at the beginning, I would have been terrified to share. I mean, I used to be terrified of even saying, you know, sharing publicly the different experiences I was having with private clients. I was having these galactic messages coming and um mediumship experiences and people's relatives showing up in my you know, space and all kinds of stuff. And I was, I could not translate that publicly. Like when it would come time to try to write about what I do or how I help people, I couldn't, I could not say. I was so afraid. I don't even remember now because it's so normal to me now. But back then I think I was afraid of what people would think. I think it was a credibility thing of people not taking me seriously You know, I wanted to continue to work in business. And if I'm saying I'm the psychic healer, what are the business people going to think of me in New York, you know, at that time? So yeah, it's been a very nonlinear path. I've just had enough pain and usually and willingness. Uh, I just desperately want to be real, right? I desperately don't want to feel, I do not want to feel like I'm holding these masks up. I don't want to feel like I'm trying to control people's perception of me. And it's been painful enough where I've literally sought out every single modality. It feels like at times (laughs) every (laughs) type of healing, every training, everything. I mean, there's more, but it feels like I've done it all and daily practice, daily work, therapy for years, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, it doesn't matter. It's just, I've had to do what I've had to do to be here. It's been a lot of work. And honestly, I don't think most people are up for it. Mm -mm. It's really hard. It's really hard. And what I'm going through right now, I feel like I'm on the verge of just what's alive for me right now. I feel like I'm on the verge of tears. Often I'm touching in to such a deeper part of myself and then the depth at which I can connect with reality and with you and with the nature of this conversation that is just, it's so emotional. I think that's healthy. I'm like, wow, I'm I'm letting myself be touched by how impactful really being alive is. I don't know if that'll last forever, but that's what's happening. And and so it's been a long journey, and it's been a lot of work. And I don't think everyone's up for it. And I don't know what it takes to be up for it. Right? And it can also feel lonely. Like, are other people down to do this level of work? And and with the new people coming in, with these new kids, these teenagers, like is it actually that much work for them or are they already there? They seem to actually already be very well suited to just stabilizing in the high frequencies and not letting so much trauma and shame stick to them. Even if they inherited from the family line, a lot of energy, it seems that they've naturally been able to transmute it more effectively and that they don't have such a mental load of having to process and rewire. And just, more clear so it's again a really fascinating transitional time that we're in to notice you know kind of this in between and then I look at my parents and they you know and then people older than that and they just have a lot more density have mm-hmm. a lot more memory and and a different system a different operating system a different energy system that makes it even more challenging to unravel the story Very. Yeah. Yes.
0: Well, cause I, you know, I'm I deal with parents because I'm trying to help their children. That's why I'm so intrigued by working with you because I, there's a block there. Cause I feel like there's so much, there's so much density there that it's like, I always mm-hmm. say the hamster wheel, which, but I feel like this, their families are just, they just keep repeating and repeating it. And, and these children are coming in at this higher level. And when I've had a few grandparents see that their child is repeating the program. So they worry about their granddaughter. So then they sign up the program. And then I see these kids that are like the ones that I've worked with over the last four years. It's one, one, one and 11 December, (laughs) one, 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 one. But when, when these parents don't realize that these kids are already equipped and I feel like it's just, they keep Layering the weight (laughs) for these children, and when I get them to, oh, Ashley, help my granddaughter and my child, and when we get on Zoom, oh my gosh, Sydney, I it takes me like after the first session, the second one, it's like the everything just the the onion just went exploded. (laughs) It's so easy. There's not a majority when you say that earlier. Like I don't know why people, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for those this other section of souls <laughs> that aren't ready to unmask themselves and understand that their children are needing to be lighter and they already have everything but are just being programmed from these old beliefs and they just can't get away from it and then we're just continuing and I know everything's perfect I know every soul came to do something but there's a block there and I maybe it's my block I I just feel like you just want to sit there and shout it to the world. Like I want to help every child see who they truly are and open up their eyes to this amazing unlimited life that you can be, do or have anything. That's my, but it's so true, but there's just so much. I mean, I don't know if it's social media and all the technology that these kids have been, you know, just so much weight has been put upon them. Once I see that I can help them and I, I just have such a passion, but I don't know. What do you think?
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing. It's so important. And it's, it's, it's really interesting to be connecting with, you now because the last month and a half, I would say I've been getting a similar message that I'm supposed to help families. And children. And I've been doing this for years. I've had my clients bring me their kids and I've been coaching. I've been always, you know, pro bono mentoring for teenagers, people that read my book that need help who are like these super advanced beings in high school. And I could always do more of that probably. And, but it's been very loud in my awareness that like the most important, some of the most important work we could do, I could do to support the collective ascension is to really help the families and that you know if this society is going to thrive nothing else matters like nothing else really matters than how are these kids growing up how are the parents being supported to really develop as embodied beings that these advanced children can attune to like that's it exactly so most, they're going to build the whole new infrastructure they're going to build all the new technology they have all the memory they have all the plans nothing else really matters and so i thank you for hearing that call and doing this work and and you are helping and you are making a huge shift and i'm literally shown the image of the needle like moving the needle it's being moved through the work that you're doing and through the message that you're sharing the guidance i get about this block i hear that you have no block what you're experiencing in, at least in my frame of reference it might be a similar to what i just described that there's like this it's like a coming to or a reckoning moment of reality where of course we could see from our lens like what could make things a lot easier and what other people could do to you know lighten the load and help. Of course it doesn't have to be so much worse before it gets better. And of course it doesn't have to be this like horrible bottom moment to wake up and choose to change. Right. <laughs> it doesn't have to be but it seems like that's what it has to be for now. And then it's a lesson if there's any block, it's the lesson for those of us in a position to teach and guide and share to pause, to come even more into presence oh, and compassion and being shown the image of Jesus. Hmm. Just They don't forgive them. They know not what they do. Holding the mirror of this, I'm hearing very directly, I think for you, Fierce loving compassion and fierce grace, and like there's nothing to do, and even dropping any story of there's something to do, or coaching, or a modality, or a solution, or an onion to peel like there's nothing to do. And I'm just gonna be here and I'm gonna be with you, however you are, and love you because. I love myself. Also, the deeper part of the work is I love myself so much that there's nothing I have to do ever again. Right, And I I see the love that in the reflection of this presence, you remember you are love. You remember your own solutions. The onion is peeling. You're the one that does the peeling. No one else can do that for you. This is the process. This is what I'm going through. It's hard. It's really challenging. And it it appears as a block. I think only if we're in that dimension where there's any agenda of like, we need to be on trajectory of figuring a certain thing out at a certain rate and checking the boxes and a certain number of people and that stuff. Cause none of that matters. Right. Oh, thank you. See when you, (laughs) oh, I just loved
0: this time. And I taken up a lot of your time and I, you come to my life. And when I was sitting there with you today and listening and walking with the dogs and You've been in my heart for the last few days. And it's like, wow, I had these like these aha moments with you just in this last hour. And I, oh, I'm so grateful, so grateful. And you're so right. There's no agenda. Just be love. That's it. Be love. No agenda. You're right. Thank you. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Ah. <laughs> um, how can people find you? They can get to your website. That will yeah. be, changing.
1: <laughs> yeah, be changing. It'll be a little, it's in a process. It's a, it's a long, probably in the new year, I'll have a new website, but it's just my name, sydneycampos.com. And then my books are all on there. And I, I did have a podcast for many years called visionary souls, which is such a cool time capsule. And I was guided to end that. Oh, you like, did? Yeah. Cause it, it just felt like it was the old, it had been for so many years and it was so fun but also just started to feel kind of like, you know, it's a different identity. I, I love podcasting. It's it's such a great way to connect and and trans, translate a lot of information and reach a lot of people. And uh, I'll probably do it again someday, but it'll be a different form. But you listen to that and you just,
0: I'm done now for right yeah. now. I'm going to close that chapter.
1: Yeah,
0: I love that. Oh, Sydney, thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for all of your time. It was beautiful. I'm mm. So grateful.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.